Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. And the adults, I was reminded of my first sermon. And when I, I looked at Pastor Dave having his bow tie, I asked all the young, all your grandkids to wear a bow tie so they can get ready to serve. And I brought me a bow tie, but I think my neck is a little too big for it. But I got it right here. <laughs> I do have my bow tie, just so you know. But I, I believe in this thing about, about asking people. You know, when, when, when I was here, um, it was probably the greatest time of my life that the foundation was laid. Every house that's built has got to have a rock-solid foundation yes, sir. or it's not going to stand, especially when the storms of life come, that you got to have a, a rock-solid foundation. And I, and I, and I want to share some with New Piney Grove, a part of your history and celebrating. I got a program right here that says from 2004, and it says Dr. and Mrs. Ann Wilcoxon, and it's the 2004 is their 11th year anniversary from that year. And that was celebrated January 10, 2004. And on January 11, 2004, I preached my very first sermon ever in life. And again, as he said, I'm watching him and I'm watching Miss Ann. So I'm just observing things. But that night, that, that Friday night before I did my I was a minister in training, but before I did my, my trial sermon, I observed him as he dealt with people, and people dealt with him. I just watched him, how he interacted with people. The next day, I was licensed to preach the gospel, and my title then was Preparing God's People to Serve. But in order to serve, we, we, have, we have to follow Jesus in, in order to know how to do this thing the right way. Oh, that's the matter. It's all, it, let me tell you, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. But when I saw Christ in this picture, this is a young Dave Wilcoxon right here. When I saw Christ in him, I knew what I had been looking for all of my life. I, I knew the example of, of what I was looking for. And I didn't have a wife, a significant other. I didn't have that to share that with, but I knew that God has spoke to me through his manservant about what to look for, what are the qualities, what's, what, what's the character of a good, godly man. And God gave it to him, and 14 years later, in 2018, I come back just to share my story, which is your story, which is our story. Today, the title of the sermon is, as I told you in 2004, is Preparing God's People to Serve Today. It is preparing God's people to serve. Part two. Yes, sir. We're going back with it. So that's why you see the young men, the young boys with bow ties on. We're teaching them how to carry themselves, how to look like somebody. Yes, yeah, about discipleship. It's about men teaching boys how to look like somebody. 
so they can learn how to carry themselves just like they are somebody. So that's why we, we have an expectation of them to serve over there, to serve over here, to serve when we go out there. It's not just the in-house thing. We got to serve when we go out of here too. So as I go back to 2004, I want to bring it up to the day that today, if you will, just bear with me for a title of a sermon. It's from a book I read. One thing I learned from Pastor David, again, as I observed him, I got a, a, our daily bread from May of 2009. Yeah, right here. Because I, I watched him as he learned to study and as he held on treasure troves that God had given him. And this book is nine years, almost ten years old, but it still applies. It, it, the title that it talks about it here, it says, One Soul for Sale. One Soul. The value of a soul. One soul. Now, I, don't, I know God had a tremendous value on my soul because he placed me in a place with some people who are all about teaching and learning and doing, but more than that, about being. How to be who God called you to be. So turn with me, if you will, to the gospel according to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. When I read the program that Ms. Pat sent to me about, uh, I noticed that it was two songs, it was three songs, it was kind of short and sweet. So knowing how I studied Pastor Dave, his message to me was be short, but be sweet. I am kind of short, and I'm very sweet. So I want to give that to you today. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 38. I want to give you a couple of points. At coming back here as a, a son in the ministry, I want to read you something that the, the guy wrote in his book. And he said this, the writer said, Dave Egner, one would think that selling one's soul as Faust offered to, his dev, to the devil in Goethe's Dr. Faustus is only a figment of literary fiction. Medieval as it seems, however, several cases of soul selling have occurred. Wired Magazine reported that a 29-year-old university instructor succeeded in selling his immortal soul for $1,325. He said, in America, you can metaphorically and literally sell your soul and be rewarded for it. That's the truth, guys, whether you want to or not. Right. You see people who give up everything godly, everything holy, for these temporary toys of this world, guys. And that's what we're going today. I want you to just read with me for a while. And we want to do the same. I want to tell you, starting out, we want to say, let's mess and let's confess holiness, all right? Let's confess holiness and get rid of the mess. Jesus says in Matthew, Mark chapter, four, chapter 8, verse 34, when he called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me. The first thing you got to do, you got to deny yourself. You got to take up your cross and you got to follow me. You've got to, when you accept Christ in your heart, you've got to do something about it in your heart. You just can't say, yeah, Jesus, I love you, but he said, you got to do something about it. That's about picking up that cross. It's not about sitting in the church warming the pews. Let me go a little deeper too. Said, For whoever, here's how you do it. Whoever desires to save his life Losing, but whoever loses his life for my sake, number one, and for the gospel's sake, 
will save it. That's how you, that's the key. That's how you save your life. When you lose it for the sake of Jesus and for the sake of the gospel. So if I'm going to talk about that, the only thing I can talk about is got to be the gospel and Jesus. It's not really hard. He said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, loses his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever's ashamed of me and my world and this words and this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he come to the glory of his Father with his holy angels. I, I, I want to I want to speak my heart today. I just want to tell you what, what what God has given me and what what I think the message is as we celebrate 148 years of being brothers and sisters in Christ. What better way to celebrate than to celebrate with the people who you love the dearest and the most? Because love is going to be the key here. Here we go. Jesus says this right here. When he had called the people to himself his, and with his disciples, he said to them, whoever desires to come after him, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow him. He said somewhere in your mind and in your heart, you got to have a consciousness that God created you for a purpose. That God did, he really did. God does not create junk. And he created you for a purpose. And you ask God, God, what is my purpose while I'm here on earth? What, what is my purpose? What was your reasoning for creating me and talking to me and giving me orders and sending your son to die to the cross? The consciousness of purpose is going to lead you to there's a consciousness of sin because he said, let him deny himself. Lord, I want to deny myself, but you got to take up your cross. Taking up your cross means that Christ has got to drive your heart. He, if Christ is not driving your heart, you cannot and will not take up your cross. So you wonder why so many people are sitting down and not moving, not working. Christ is not the center of their joy. And are we, in order for us to have Christ to be the center of our joy, he said, pick up your cross. Find out what your work, what your ministry is. What is God calling you to do? Your consciousness of purpose. Why did God create you? Why am I here, God? What is my purpose in being here? The first thing I have, you got to have open-mindedness. When the word of God comes in the, ear, in, in, in the head and in the ear, the Bible says, faith, it comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. you got to sit on some good, powerful preaching and teaching. You got to get your ears in a position. You got to get your ears and bring your big head with you so that you can hear something that God's trying to tell us. Because, see, the problem with us is big headedness. God's trying to tell us to have open mindedness so we can get some open heartedness so we can pick up that cross and follow Him. I look at how over the years, and I see New Piney Grove down at, uh, at the Baptist Association, feeding and hunting, that they're like clockwork all the time, doing what, trying to help the least of these, that they get outside of the four walls, that they're committed to going outside of here to try and reach somebody for the gospel's sake, that the church itself has a purpose, and it's not just a few people who are called to be on an evangelistic team. We got to have an evangelistic church, people of God. Not a team of 10 people. It's got to be a church full of folk. Yes, sir. It's got to be a church fullness. For 148 years, 
They must be doing something right over here at New Pound Grove. Forgotten aloud, keep going. On a street called Straight in Macon, Georgia, they can't do nothing but be blessed over here. We read in the scriptures, that's what some people got set right with Jesus on a street called Straight. If God didn't have a high moral standard for this church, look at here. He had to. He placed New Piney Grove on Straight Street. Yes, sir. And we got to point them in the right way. It ain't but one way. And Jesus is going to tell them to follow him. It's just Jesus. Just Jesus. Following Jesus. Let me go a little deeper with you. When you get some open-mindedness and some open-heartedness, you're going to find out that, that we got to get out these four walls. We got to tell people about Jesus, and we got to do something about it. Because he said, whoever desires to save his own life by doing his own thing and not doing God's thing, that's when you're going to have a problem. You are going to have a problem in this world because you choose to do your own thing and not do God's thing. And when you're saved and you know you've been saved. Uncle Bill used to sing this song. He said, I, I, you know, when we were over there in the other building, I would sit down on, on, the, on, the, on the last, about five rows up, and i sit down my head down, and I really wouldn't talk to anybody because I really didn't, didn't, didn't want to be there. But Miss Ola said, you, if you're going to be at my house, you got to go to church. So um, I, <laughs> But after I sat on the word for a while, it kind of loosened me up. But I was bent on it. I'm not going, I, my life was mine, and I'm not going to give it to you, God. I'm not, I'm not here to do that. But one morning, one morning, the Lord spoke to me. And I saw Miss Olin, she was out ushering. And I, I'm just trying to get my mama to sit down. Miss Olin, sit down. Why you come to church doing work at church? What's wrong with you? So I said, Miss Olin, have a seat. And give me those programs, and I pass them out. Not knowing that God was already calling me then. I just wanted my mom to sit down. That's all I wanted. I wasn't trying to get up to save my life. I was trying to help my mom out. But when the Bible says that all things work together for the good, for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, that consciousness of purpose makes sense to you then. It makes sense. God, you were at work already before I even knew it. I knew that I was watching people and watching things, but God was watching me, just like God's watching you. He says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the sake of the gospel, that's how you get salvation. So he's telling them that there's a way to get this thing that God wants to do, but it's, it's God's way and only God's way. When you got a consciousness of purpose, you got a consciousness of guilt now, of sin, that I'm not doing enough, Lord, that I can do more. And Pastor Wilcox, you're right, man. I, I, it's like he's been following me around all my life, and he's telling my story. Like he's just been following me around, but he knows my story. And I'm learning in 14 years in the past that i got to slow it down. And I went to talk with him this morning in the office. He said about good help. And about needing help and people who are sold out for Christ and who got that fire and who got that zeal and who want to who wanna do this thing like God tells us to do it, you have to wait on that sometime. But you got to love, love on the people and know and trust that God is at work because he says, whoever desires to save his life will lose. But whoever loses life, my sake will say, the gospel, if we preach the gospel of Jesus, people will hear it and God will change them. 
We don't have to change them. But in my system, I said, I want to change them. I want, and God said, no, Macmillan, that's not your job description. That's not your job description, church. Just make, get your families to sit down under the word and obey God's word. Because he says, for what profit of man is he gains his whole world and loses his soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? That man gave $1,300 for his soul. There's a commercial that comes on TV from Ronald Reagan's son. He says, Ron Reagan, he operated a group called the Center for Separation of Religion, Separated Church and State, Center for, but Google him, Ron Reagan Jr. He said he's a proud atheist who's not afraid to go to hell. That's what his claim to fame. Ron Reagan Jr. said he's a proud atheist, and he's the very one, when I see him on TV, I know we got to pray for that man's soul, y'all. He give, he, he, he desires, because he has the name Ronald Reagan, he desires his 15 minutes of fame. And he'd rather sell his soul to get 15 minutes of fame on the television set. That he'd rather sell his soul. But that's why when God placed him up there, the church needs to start praying for him and praying for all those people who claim that they want to die and bust hell wide open, guys. We got to learn that we got to pray for them because there's a sense of, of worldliness with them and worthly, worth, unworthiness. That we all are unworthy, but we're made worthy by the blood of the Lamb. It's the, it was the cross, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. If you sit down under that word, I'm telling you, over there in that old building, I used to sit down my head held down, but I'm listening, and Christ will just come into your heart. And he'll steal your heart. And you realize then that you've been stolen. But you've been stolen by the master. And then you give him the rest of it. Come to Jesus and just give it to him the way he said. The worldliness and the, the worldliness equals wastefulness. And with, with wastefulness, I've seen what comes with wastefulness is foolishness. Just foolishness. But foolishness leads to carelessness. When you're so foolish, you make a whole lot of mistakes. You become careless about life. And, and if you don't realize it, by the time you get a certain age, if you live to get a certain age, you'll find out that you become reckless, foolish, careless, and reckless. That you've lived a reckless life. But let me tell you about the, the master. He can restore that life that he wanted you to have if you will allow him to do that, the worldliness. People are so enamored with this world, and especially this generation. And it affected me so much that at the link, we're doing a study of this generation as a church. We have written a book. The church has written a book. Yeah, that we're going to get published at the end of next month because we want to catch this generation that they call Z. Yes, sir. That's the last of the alphabet right now. You can't go past Z. So what, what is the world saying? That that's the end of time? Well, they're living like it's the end of time. Yeah, they're living like that. They don't care about it. They're, they're, they're godless. They're reckless. They're careless. They're lawless. They just don't believe in anything that God has said here. And the church has got to leave out of our air-conditioned building and get out here and talk with them in the name of Jesus. We've got to get out here, we, not the evangelistic team, but the church itself. Yes, sir. Preparing God's people to serve, part two. 
It starts with the children. Yes, sir, it starts with the children. And parents, as I told you this morning, we start talking to you so you can take it home because they come to church. If you bring them to church, we're going to teach them over there. We're going to teach them. We tell the young boys, pull up your pants. You don't wear them like that. If you don't have a belt, we'll get your belt. We show them how to wear a tie and a shirt and how to look good on the outside because they look good on the outside. Somewhere in here, we're going to be able to talk to them on the inside. Yeah, because he says that, what profits a man that he gains his whole world? And when he dies, he loses his own soul. Remember this right here. God says in Ezekiel chapter 4, 18, verse 4 and 5, God says all souls are mine. We don't get to determine who we going to share the gospel with. And now, we also belong to God. And when we're on fire for God, we've got to learn how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the prostitute who walks the street. We got to, come on, y'all, come on. We had a new planet rule, right? We got to catch the dope boys. We got to catch them, too. We got to catch the dope smokers. We got to catch them, too. But guys, we, gotta, we can't run away from them. We can't talk about them behind their back. We got to go out that door and go get them. Yes, sir. And it's called love because he didn't really tell them to come in here. He told us to go out yes, there. Sir. Yes, sir. The charge is for us to go out there. What would people give up for their soul? They'd give up for a hit of crack. They'll sell their soul. A woman will sell her precious body for a little bit of money. Yeah, quick fasting in a hurry. We see it all the time. All the time. What will people give for their soul? You know, I, I, they, they did an interview with some ladies of the street on television. And the, the, the ladies who were walking the street, they said they feel like they were trash cans that people dump trash in. But let me tell you, they are not soulless, they have a soul. And we can love them and we can invite them in in the name of Jesus. We can do that. We're supposed, that's who we're called to go and seek out and search for and get those people right there. Because we see all around us in our families and our friends that people are giving up the love of this world for worldly toys. For the, all of these worldly toys in order to satisfy themselves right now. I'm reminded of a king by the name of Charlemagne. Y'all remember Charlemagne? He's called the father of Europe. King Charlemagne, he really was, he was an emperor. Pretty good guy. He thought he controlled the world. That, that, uh, Alexander the Great, Charlemagne. There were so many smart guys, good guys, rich guys who had it all, and they wanted to conquer the world. King Charlemagne said when he was buried, he wanted them to bury him in his royal seat with his crown and with his scepter in his hand and all of his gold around him. Him being a king, he had children. His orders were this. That's how y'all buried me. So guess what? That's how they buried him. They buried him in his chair with his crown, with his scepter, with his gold all around him. In his chair, they put him in the ground. A hundred years later, some folk dug him up, too. He was still sitting on his couch. He was, he was still sitting there. His gold was all around him. Now they done reburied him and put his chair and got his gold and put his chair in a museum. 
So what did that man give us? Now what? He had his Bible in his hand, by the way. He did have his Bible in his hand. But you ask yourself this. Do you think in his Bible he was turned to Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 38? That what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Do you think his finger was right here on this passage of Scripture? That he knew, but he didn't know. Now, what his soul ended up, I don't know. I don't know where Shah, Shah, he might have known the Lord. But I know he tried to take a whole lot of his stuff with him. It didn't work, people of God. It doesn't work, you can't take it with you either. What will a man give in exchange for a soul? There are a whole lot of things that we can come up with that a man give in exchange for a soul. When I ask myself now that I've been pastoring for a few years, I honestly believe that all souls belong to God. I believe when Ezekiel said, was, he said, the hearts of the Father are mine. The hearts of the sons, they're mine. He let it be known that all souls belong to him. And any soul that lives, it shall die. Every soul. And people, got, you got to remember this right here. The soul that sins dies. So you ask yourself, where am I? What's the value of my soul? Somewhere in your life, you've got a place, a value on your soul. And when you get your value, you got to tell somebody else the value of their soul while they're out there. That Christ died for you and your soul. Let me tell you something. I learned as a chaplain, Pastor Dave, I dealt with a lot of suicidal patients who, 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 who had the, addiction, the, the disease of addiction. And, 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 and everybody would try to commit suicide or want to commit suicide. But the bottom line is this. You might be able to kill this body, but that bullet won't kill that soul. Somewhere in here, you still got to deal with yourself. You do. You can take this body out. You get to do that. But we get to tell people about their soul. As a chaplain, when God tenderized my heart to go and deal with death and dying every day, it was the grace of Jesus that showed me that some people don't get it until they get on their deathbed or their bed of affliction. They don't want to hear about it until that comes. But oftentimes... Most people don't get that challenge. They don't get that. So before our people get on their deathbed or their bed of affliction, how about we just go out there and lovingly share the good news of Jesus Christ with them? That we just take it. This thing is about discipleship. It's about teaching. And one thing I know, if the people from New Pine Grove come to visit me or my church or my folks, I know they've learned something. I know they come from a place of teaching. Yeah. Discipleship, it's got to cost you something, it does. It's got to cost you some time and some sacrifice, some energy and some gas money to go visit people. It's got to cost you something. Yeah. It's got it's to, you cannot just expect it all to be free. Jesus, I'm going to tell you why, right here in the end. Whoever's ashamed of me, whoever's ashamed of Jesus and his word, the Holy Bible, people, you are committing the carnal sin right there. To be ashamed of Jesus. Because he's going to tell you, if you are ashamed of him, you make him, you challenge him, you push him to be ashamed of you. Now, that's what I'm saying. We have the power. We, we gain all the power by the cross. The life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the second coming, the, the resurrection and the second coming of Jesus Christ. There are more promises 
in the scriptures about his second coming than about his first. We know that Christ is alive and well because he's in us. We've got to tell people about Jesus. And there are more promises here about him coming back than him being here the first time. And we got to tell people, Jesus, you look at, I'm going to get ready to sit down, Pastor, but you look at the nation of Israel. When the nation of Israel was reconstituted in May of 1948, tell our history what it says. In May of 1948, Israel became a nation again in the world, on the world stage. And it got its original constitution back. This May, this right now, they're celebrating 70 years. 70. Now, we know that's 10 times 7 is what they're celebrating. And, and to mark the anniversary, the United States government decided that we're going to, their, their, their capital right now is in Tel Aviv. But God told David that the capital was in Jerusalem. So the United States has moved their, their, their embassy back to Jerusalem. When Israel got reconstituted and became a nation state again, we got to know, they, they starting to uh, line up them horses in heaven, y'all. They started putting the saddles on their back. It's about to be showtime with us, man. Yeah, it's about to be showtime. You look at the spiritual clock. God's lining this thing up. We see it. This happened in our lifetime. We get to see this. I mean, if we don't see that it's 11.59 and about 37 seconds, we got about 23 seconds left to go, y'all, before the Lord Jesus determined. Now, his time ain't Macmillan time. Y'all remember that. Your time either. But God's trying to tell us it's about to be showtime. And we got to get our act together. I'm going to close up by telling this right here. He says this. For who is ashamed of me and my word in this adulterous? That's people who's just going to do their thing, their way, and then those who are full of sin, sinful generation of him, the Son of Man, our Lord Jesus Christ, will be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Let me close out by telling you this. I want to tell you about the kindness of Jesus. It doesn't get any better than that. When his kindness came, he brought a word that I read in the front of this book. He brought grace. That it says, New Piney Grove. I read it somewhere. I ain't got my glass on, Pastor, but I know it's in there about grace. But, but when, when, when the church acknowledges that they have 148 years because of grace, yeah, that's the gospel truth right there. But uh, we pray y'all can have a few more years, and we can have a few more years. But we don't know when the good Lord's going to decide to say it's time, it's showtime, y'all. We've got to be a people who's on thing because on, 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 on assignment because the devil is on assignment. He's got his imps, and they're doing. They are destroying everything around us. We, as a church, New Piney Grove, 140 years, we got to be encouraged to stand strong and to stand firm. Keep on standing. Keep on fighting. Keep going. Keep doing it in the name of Jesus. Yeah, each one, teach one. And then from that, that each one who's been taught one, go out and reach one yes, in the name of Jesus. Just one. If, if the church will commit to just catching one soul, regardless of what's going on, that if you commit to just catching one soul, so what profits a man that he gains his whole world and loses soul? What is the value of your soul? What's the value of these people's soul? What's the value?
of the soul. Well, you know what I found out? You can't put a price tag on it. You can't, mankind cannot, the world gonna sell you all kind of toys and all kind of goodies and tell you this and tell you that, but don't put a price tag on it. Just go out of your way to catch somebody in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you, the best way to tell people about Jesus and get them to listen to you and hear you, write this one down in your Bible. Tell somebody your story. You tell them your story and how God has been, how good God has been to you. I looked at Pastor Dave just a minute ago and they were singing the song in the world, but I thought he was about to bust a move and he turned around and did something. I thought he was about to start cutting up up here on us. That's that young man that I know because that fire and that zest and that zeal for him to teach his people. But I saw that song light him up. I saw it light him up, fire him up. And that's how we want it to go from, from the anointing, go from him down into the church that um, it's going to spread. And from here, we're going to take it outside the door. Yes, and we're going to do this thing that God has called us to do. In the name of Jesus. Right. Let's pray. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so, so much, God, that, that I can come back home, Lord, that I can bring my family with I can bring my children with me. My wife and my kids can come back with me as I go back home, Lord. And Father, we say a special prayer for the New Pine and Grove Baptist Church. Lord, I am grateful for the people that you've called to the Link Baptist Church to walk me, with me, to talk with me, Lord, to fight this fight of faith with me, Lord. And Father, we pray one for another as a good family meal today, that we'll sit down and have a family meal. It's Thanksgiving at New Piney Grove, Lord, that we all sit down and we'll, we'll talk and meet with our brothers and our sisters and we'll have a good time. Lord, bless them indeed. Keep your hand and your face all about them. Lord, we say a special prayer for Pastor David and Miss Ann. In the name of Jesus, Lord, that you continue to bless his health and his strength, Lord. Thank you for his mate that you sent with him. Lord, I thank you so much for my wife that you brought into my life to show me the true meaning of what you mean by the term of love. Lord, I take Miss Geraldine McMillan and I hold on to her forever and ever. Thank you, Lord for this time on and up. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.